welcome to that Greaves and Rooney Sports Podcast. I'm Dan Greaves. I'm Martin Rooney. And today we're doing a review of 2019. Um, I almost forgot the intro, mate. It's been a good few months. Yeah, GRSP. GRSP. I kept forgetting it. At the and end of this day. is how, yeah, we hold a mic in front of our mouths and we <laughs> chat. How do we chat? So the new format for us, we're, we're trying to condense into 30 minutes some kind of really good points of view, um, a, a bit of insight into our lifestyle, our training, but also um, we're going to get some guests on and make it punchy and exciting for the listeners. Yeah, I hope you enjoy listening and um, yeah, enjoy the pod. Rooney now kicks away, Commonwealth champion for Discus Dan. Rooney gets the goal! Medal at the last four Paralympic Games. Martin Rooney ran a great race in lane one. Great character. Well done, Dan Greaves. Shall we discuss 2019 in a bit of a review format? The 2019 review, yes. brought to you by Dan Greaves and Byron Rooney. <laughs> um, a bit of a weird one, I guess, for both of us. 2019 as a season was very long. I think you obviously had your world champs, would have been in... November. November. Uh, my world champs are beginning of October. It's kind of like, what are you playing at with yeah. the organisation there? Like, how do you, I guess, like, looking at both of us, I I felt very strongly that they were far too late in our, yeah. our context. Yes, Dubai is very hot and very humid, and to get an, a comfortable temperature for athletes to perform at optimum level, mm. you have to kind of put it in that ballpark figure of the year. But for us, trying to peak for that was just impossible. I don't know how you guys found it on um, on your side, but... Just looking at it, we had to almost look at peaking in June, then taking a bit of time out mid-season to then really start August, September and October to peak again for November. And speaking to other athletes, was just it just wasn't ideal. Um, but from your point of view, obviously you went to the Champs. How was it compared to what you kind of set out to do? Going to a World Champs where you're like, we, also we had the World Relays early in the summer, which was fairly important for qualifications and stuff. Um, to have that and then to have a bit of a, a lull almost and then to come back for a world champs in October was, it was odd. It was, um, I think with the temperature wise, uh, probably necessary, uh, but then within the stadium it was cold anyway. Yeah. It was really odd. I just think that's, yeah, it's bonkers going from like what, mid thirties in the warm up track to then 25 degrees inside in yeah. an air conditioned stadium. We were in Dubai for about 10 days beforehand. Yeah. Uh, we trained at the NAS center there. That was hot. Like I remember I did a session on my second day and it was quite an easy session and it hit my lungs in a way. And it hit like, it felt like I was melting. Like it genuinely felt like I was, my, my stomach was like, everything internally was just hot. I don't think anyone's ever, I've never had that before. I've never, I've been hot before. I've been like, yeah, trained in uh, 30s and stuff and it's not been a problem. But when you go to your session and I, it just, it hit you in a way and it hit everyone. I don't think anyone can away from that camp and go, oh yeah, I was fine with the heat. It was not a problem. Like you yeah. saw the Jamaican boy, uh, guys who trained in Jamaica, um, Caribbean athletes who were like, and they were dead. dead. They were on the floor and they had ice packs on their head, everything. It was just different. And Please we were training guys, in the yeah. evening. So I can't understand why it was too hot to have the the, the championships in Dubai in September. Mm. But yeah, just don't have it in that side of the world. It's, it's bonkers, isn't it? Even when you know those guys are so used to the heat in their own countries, their native countries, and you take it a championships where 
you want to get the best out of the athletes, give the best performances, and yet they're struggling. And then that's oh. when you know that, as in Blighty, who probably get two weeks out of the year where it's roasting hot and we have to all dash to B&Q to go and buy some fans, <laughs> um, that we're going to struggle. Um, no, it was, it, was, it was a different type of temperature, but um, I'm glad that we went to Dubai for the holding camp. I'm glad we went there because when we got to Doha, I was pretty comfortable in the high 30s. I was um, warmed up outside a couple of times um, with what Doha had, which was pretty special. Obviously, we trained, everything was in the evening. It was still high 30s, mid 30s, but they had a, an outdoor warm-up track, an indoor warm-up track, and the stadium itself was actually very well air-conditioned to the point where um, I remember the mixed relay final being a bit cold in Jeez. the stadium. I was dry, like so it wasn't like I'd been like, just covered in sweat and I'd gone in the stadium and the yeah. aircon hit me. I was, I was dry and I was cold. So it was like... Oh. Quite kind of, a surreal feeling for your body as well to go from a yeah, hot, was, cold it was, climate. It was an odd feeling. Um, I like to be hot. I like to be sweating before I ran and all that stuff. So I was probably sweating far too much in the <laughs> warm-up on that day. But yeah, when I got into the stadium and I was like, oh, this is, I think it was like 24 degrees. Jeez. Which isn't, doesn't sound bad, but when you've been at 36s and 38s yeah. and stuff, it's a, a bit of a, a shock. It's a massive and, shock. Um, yeah, I think Doha did it well. I think, obviously, they spent a hell of a lot of money <laughs> making sure it was a great game. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have to do the walk or the marathon. So <laughs> I feel for those guys, like the marathon just looked impossible. Having yeah. to like stop every, well, not even stop, but just try and get to a, a feeding station every five miles or something just to get an ice pack and then trying mm. to run it and cool yourself down. It's just, you don't really want to be concentrating on trying to manage that as well as trying to manage running a good time. Yeah, you're trying to perform. You're trying to compete to the yeah. best of your ability and then... Um, you're spending 20% of your energy 25% of your energy worrying about overheating and making sure yeah. that you get you're hydrated enough and you've got the ice packs and that's that's a focus that you shouldn't have had to worry about um, and I'm running at 12 o'clock at night <laughs> well our thing was we'd wake up in the morning and see how many people finished that was our like oh I wonder how we didn't follow the race because it's late at night or whatever I was in bed asleep but it was a case of wake up who finished you how finished. many and then check the Brits actually finished as well because it was like, I think uh, we had quite a high dropout. Yeah. I think was it uh, Tom, Tom Bosworth. Tom Bosworth. He 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 managed it the best, and he actually finished really yeah. high up. Like he had a yeah. great championships because he. I remember talking to him before, and he said, "Look, um, I'm not going to go out the suicide pace. I'd normally go out and try to run uh, walk at world record right, pace, or whatever. You know, yeah. he was like, right, I'm just going to first half of the race make sure I'm in a good position, and the second half of the race try and finish hard." And I think Watkins, um, Callum, Callum as well Watkins, did the same yeah. thing, but then he overcooked it in the second half, didn't he? Yeah, he. And then Callum, Callum was in a really strong position, come like thirteen miles or so, mm. and then I think his strategy just went a little bit awol because those guys really pushed on and he tried to hang on and just, yeah, I think he still he, had a great championship. Yeah, I, it, I mean, he did really, really well to to be in contention for so long, but you just can't those guys are just a different level especially in that heat as well um, sustain that for two hours I remember saying at the time I felt, I felt like the marathon it was kind of pointless being there yeah, because there was a couple of majors on at the same time so the, a lot of the top top guys weren't there and obviously you had the sub two hour challenge I was kind of like well what's the point of having a marathon and a world champs if you're not going to have the best athletes there it's not so the be, pinnacle of their sport it'd be quite interesting so our marathon runners their world champs is London yeah, London Marathon. Brilliant. Like, so 
if they 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 get medals and everything um like a proper world champs and that's their qualifier so there's no world champs at the world uh, there's no marathon world champs at our world champs anymore so that's okay. their world champs is london marathon so you get obviously great conditions yeah great backing from the crowd you know it's going to be um consistent across the board and i think it's a great move by by the ipc to to involve it in such a great and big prestigious event that they go to and they know they're going to have great crowds so the performance is going to be right up there and yeah. obviously it's involved in tokyo in the athletics program but mm -hmm. i just think maybe do you think that might be the way to go for yeah I don't, I don't see the point of having you can't have it's like uh if if the world champs isn't your major goal for the uh, aim for the year then you don't need to have it in the program yeah. you know like the marathon like i think what mo went to chicago or new york or something and then you obviously had the sub two hour project for kipchoge yeah that was the focus so then why have it at the world champs it's kind of yeah. it devalues their event um and then they could maybe make like one specific whether it be berlin london chicago new yeah. york and just alternate it around as being right okay you can do the circuit of marathons, but mm. that one marathon this year is going it's to be, be geared champs, up to yeah. be the world champs. I double F put a pump, a bit of cash into it as well. Yeah. And it's just about the good exposure for them. I think um, never they've got, to only see. got negative feedback from having a marathon in Doha. Yeah. Um, and now they're changing. The IOC have decided to change where the mar marathon and walks are in Tokyo. So yeah. they're going to be, is it Sapporo or something? Yeah, they're going to be not in Tokyo and they're going to be really, really late due to humidity again. They're going to be, I think they start at like 12, 12.30 at night. Am I, am I in the minority so. that thinks that that's a good idea? I seem to see a lot of like marathon runners and walkers complaining that they're not going to be in Tokyo. But at what risk? <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, we're not going to be in Tokyo. So what? Yeah. Like you're still going to be part of the Olympic Games just because it's not going to be in Tokyo. It's, the football tournaments are spread out around yeah. Japan. and We've done it in, in the UK. At well, yeah, 2012 like was spread across the country for events and yeah. rowing happened in Eton, uh, Eton and stuff like It's just... Thorny Lake. Yeah, it's, maybe it's... Yeah, obviously, it's further away from Stratford. It's not as far as Stratford to Eton as it <laughs> is from Tokyo to Sapporo. But surely it's better if we can get high performance, high quality performances out and people in across the line Plus safe. You, you kind of spread then, the love a little bit as well, where people in Southampton and Exeter and all that would obviously go down and see the laser class in yachting and yeah. things like that on the sea. And you, you then bring and spread the Olympic love a little bit further because Stratford hasn't got a sea. <laughs> <laughs> non -sea. Far from the sea. Um, yeah, so I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm like it, I think that's one of the lessons that we've learned from Doha and Dubai. I think yeah. like like managing your bodies in the heat and um, the welfare of the athletes is is important. Unfortunately, that means that they're not going to be in Tokyo for their competition, but they who knows they might go somewhere and have huge crowds. Yeah. So, um, and then like it. in terms of like how you prepared for twenty nineteen, did it go to plan? No. Compared to what where <laughs> we sit here right now and you look back and think, okay. I think perform, we're obviously in performance sports and everything's done by stats and numbers and stuff. It's easy to see if you've performed well. Yeah. No, I didn't get anywhere near where I should have ran. And that was just never gave my body a chance to recover at any point of the year. I was always just push, 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 push. And that's that's a dangerous model to follow. At, like maybe you can get away with it when you're 18. I don't think you can get away with it at 22. <laughs> Even at 22 years old, it's... it's and, 
it's so intense on your body and that was my mistake yeah. i never let my body catch up and yeah performances showed like i was always just tired and brittle and um so that's something we're working on this year but how about you like so yeah, well, I think it's pretty obvious, but <laughs> probably like the worst year of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, we had such a great winter um, off the back of like a kind of a good 2018, really. Um, PB and everything last year, we had, we started winter really well, and we went through some really decent phases. So we worked on um, like global strength, everything in the gym, all the numbers were up. Um, my throne obviously just I haven't got a coach so I just work working with my dad and we just worked on specific things and we we're hitting everything technically right um throwing like 16 November January well December January time so in really good shape and then just before in late April just you know just got started to get a bit of a kind of domsy soreness in my hip and didn't really think much of it and then prepared for like my first comp and just in that preparation it just things went from bad to worse so when we got a scan on it and found out i got like a a bone edema which is bruising internally um of the bone marrow and and the bone so yeah not the best and we just thought okay a bit of rest and recovery and some light work would slowly i'd be able to get back into some form and then like i threw like season best of like 5803 which isn't too shabby now looking back on what I had to kind of deal with. Yeah, the pain but, that you're in when you're... When you're yeah, and so we're going for Austin injections every six weeks, six to... Bit of well, WD-40 six, in there. Yeah, yeah, bit of WD. All through the season. And unfortunately, it was just such a hindrance that my season just never got going because I couldn't string any training sessions together. Like, I couldn't... I had to then isolate everything I was doing through my legs and my hip and my core... So, like, it was a tough decision to pull out of Worlds. But really, like, the bigger picture is to give me the best fighting chance to medal in Tokyo. We've got to sacrifice something. So, yeah, it it, it was painful to say, like, no to, like, not being selected and, and had a chat with Paula, my performance manager. But looking back now... Um, obviously I was a little bit annoyed that 54 metres came third at the World Champs, which is just my luck. <laughs> Looking back now, it's like the best decision ever because I think we got such great strategy last year and then then obviously being interrupted by injury this year, we've just it makes you rethink everything and kind of go over the process. And yeah, I don't obviously the age old saying of don't leave any stone unturned is prominent right now is because we're literally looking at everything that could be beneficial and to stop this ever happen again so it's kind of like a blessing in disguise really and hopefully not only for my sporting career but then my adult career i'll be able to have a fully functioning hip <laughs> yeah yeah you kind of have to sometimes think about long-term um health and yeah you want to be able to run around and play with your kids and stuff and that's important i think the world champs being as late as they were probably a good one to kind of go all right yeah i'm gonna knock this on the head obviously quite right. a few and that's why I didn't feel too disappointed with pulling out because it was so late. I just thought, oh, it's it's at such an like an not an in, well, and a bit of an inconvenient time, um, just because we've got to like this. The whole year was just planned, obviously, for peaking in November, which is just so odd. It's like, how do you then how do you operate that? And thankfully, I've had time since September to really think about my year to September next year. 
um, and so 2020 we're looking forward to the return of the Greaves back Hopefully, in GP yeah. kit touch words touch words touch word back in there for a massive who else so Johnny Johnny Peacock didn't go either did he yeah Johnny pulled out with um, I th from what I can gather a slight knee inflammation on his um, affected side so on his stump side which I was pretty good well he's running really well he's, I think his season's best was 10-7 so laying down some, not missing about yeah not messing <laughs> about like a um, couple of 10-8s like, so he's, he was in good nick um and obviously still working with Dan, Michael, Kamel and the guys at Loveborough as well. So looked in really good shape to go and retain his title. But yeah, just just a bit too close to the champs and, and then just had to pull out after selection. So he just mm. couldn't quite manage it. So with the world champs, obviously, I think it's fair to say with the new event of the mixed relay was quite a big opportunity for you guys to medal. I know mm -hmm. you were quite vocal about team selection and trying to get that medal because that's what you guys are funded for mm -hmm. like what was going through your mind and everything in the process to, to do the mixed relay first because normally a relay is the last event in athletics I think it's a great event as a spectator we're in the entertainment business that race was every mixed relay I've ever seen has been good to watch yeah uh, I, I, I personally I loved it because the Polish team mixed it up oh my god <laughs> that was a shock <laughs> yeah two guys and then two women that was brilliant I just thought that kind of threw a, a little spanner in the works and, and mixed it up and just showed a little bit of strategy yeah I think um, there was lots of like obviously like old heads like people just slamming it for the sake of slamming it but not coming up with a, a decent or any kind of offer off, they didn't offer anything that was different mm. they just said oh I don't like it do you think it's because it's new yeah, it's it new and it's novel. It's something that's different. It's like, um, I suppose people would say that about 2020 cricket when it first came in. Yeah. But then it's kind of saved cricket. Yeah. Um, athletics is trying its best to save yeah. save itself. Um, it's been damaged by years of abuse. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, and I think they're trying to do something. They brought in something that was entertaining. Um, from a British point of view, I felt that, like, it's when we when it first came in, and I said at the time, I said, look, I wish I'd have had this maybe six years ago because I, I, felt, I always felt like I ran better if I'd had a race beforehand or a good proper run. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it, having it at the beginning of the program might not work for everyone, but for me personally, I felt like if I had one run in the heat or the final, the mixed relay, when I came from an individual, I'd run well. Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> everyone who did the mixed relay and did the individual Ran a season's best. <laughs> so yeah. I was backed up with my theory. And Nasa, the Bahrainian girl, um, ran obviously world champ. Yeah. She ran two rounds of the mixed relay and then three rounds of the individual and dominated the 400. Um, with British athletics, there was a lot of leeway given to athletes who were doing individuals. Well, some of them, not like Rabba and Emily both did two rounds of the two rounds mixed of, relay. Yeah, and then she did three. And then Emily especially. Two yeah. rounds of, uh, they both did two yeah. rounds individually. And I felt like if they'd have been given the opportunity to just do one round and then two other people come in and do the next two rounds. And we had two other people there who were more than capable and who had originally committed to the relays and then decided with their coaches that they weren't going to do it. I felt like, why, if you're funded to do a job, do the job. Yeah. Like You're funded as a relay runner. Unfortunately, unless you're top eight in the world or a medal prospect, you're not a 400-meter runner, you're a relay runner. And it's a hard, bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. But I had to do it a long time ago and I'm running better than those yeah. guys. So 
I it, it pissed I pissed a lot of people off saying what I said, but I felt like look, if you're funded for the relay, that's your job. Going into Tokyo, if you are funded to do relay, if you don't want to do the relay, mix relay, don't take the funding. Yeah. It's a lot of money to turn down, and that's why they won't turn it down. And if you don't want to do the relay, then don't get involved. Is it like is it quite subjective or is it black it, should that be more black and white? It should have been black and white yeah. and it wasn't and it cost us a medal which cost we we could have come third. Yeah. No problem. Could have come second. And uh I, it was frustrating. Like even though we ran better the next day, could you imagine if you had two fresh runners coming in and doing yeah. a job it would have been like would have been even better. It would have been even better. Like and um like I'm in, I'm in this game to win medals. If it meant I wasn't running, if it meant that I wasn't going to run in the final, I'd have quite happily taken that hit yeah. and come away with a medal. Because that's what I love. I love medals. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that drives drives the system and what UK sport are all about is yeah. funding athletes to succeed and gain medals. Now, how do other countries operate in that? Okay, so Poland, they have relay first, then individual. That's a standard thing. USA individual first but they've got so much depth it doesn't matter yeah. Jamaica have kind of turned towards the relays more important but they've got depth as well so they're kind of alright yeah. you look at countries like Japan um, which were competitive in both 4x4s uh, men's 4x4 and the mixed relay they did all well actually no the mixed relay yeah. they put that girl on last leg didn't they Yeah, <laughs> poor girl and I, I think it's just a focus on like what, what's going to win medals, what's the pride of the nation, it's, it's the people that are backed you, you're, you're giving back in a way. Yeah. That's where I've tried to look at it. Like British, UK sport have funded me for bloody ages and I've had support of British people. So this is my way of giving back. And that's why probably I've run better in relays because I'm running for, for a yeah. cause other than myself. Yeah. And I, I just, I found it really frustrating when I was there that there were capable athletes there who were just sitting there watching. And yeah, I just, I felt like there's, the stats are going to back me up where athletes who ran the mixed relay ran better than their individuals. And then going into Tokyo, there should be no excuses. If you're funded for relay, you're in the mixed yeah. relay. Even if you do one round, you don't have to do two rounds, just do one round. But, and if you're top eight in the world and you look like you're going to be making final, then okay, yeah. you deserve your opportunity. But I still think you should do the mixed relay because it's only going to make you perform better. Because... Stato Martin Rooney says. Well, no, I was like, it was just there. It was plain but do you think, like, I, I think there's, I'm always a big believer in, I, w I would love a qualifying round in the discus because mm. it gets you associated with the circle. Yep. We have a straight final, so it's all or nothing on that evening, whether it be Rio, London, any big games you've got coming up. It's straight final. It's all your eggs in one basket. I'd love to have a qualifier to mm -hmm. go and get, get yourself associated with the circle, Definitely. with the stadium, with the crowd. And that's probably what the Mixed Relay does for why Emily thrived on it so much. Is she said that she actually just enjoyed the Mixed Relay yep. and could then subconsciously just naturally form into a running pattern for the 400, which which proved she ran like, what, four days straight mm. doing 400s. That's impossible, but she ran season best. She... Uh really embraced it and she ran a, her fastest ever relay split and really excelled and showed that what she's capable of i think if she'd have maybe ran just one round of the mixed relay and then she might have i don't know if she'd made the final but she'd have been a lot closer to it and yeah. making the final is a huge financial thing for athletes as well so like to go to a medal and to go make the final would have been incredible so yeah. i kind of felt sorry for her about that but she um Everyone who, the, the four guys, well, the three other people who ran all really committed to it, all put themselves and their heart and soul into it. And yeah, we were disappointed to come fourth, but we ran a European record. We ran 
really fast. We beat a, a Polish team that should have beaten us comfortably, but we were better than what's expected of us. So that was pretty cool. That's good. And it's hard chasing a Polish girl down the home straight. Like, I didn't know she was there. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I could see the three blokes. And then I came off the bend right. and I could oh. just see this little, little like figure <laughs> down there. I was like, oh, oh shit. Wow. <laughs> I literally right. gassing it yeah. down the home straight. I was like, I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. And yeah. um, she's like, obviously, European champion. So she's like, yeah. a phenomenal runner strong in her own runner. right, strong relay runner. And um, yeah, it was tough. Got her in the dip, and she it wasn't went. happy afterwards. But um, no, it was uh, I, like I said, I'd rather have come third and not ran in the final yeah. and got a medal than ran in the final, come fourth. And so, with, with that, like, does that then boost your in like now looking back and you think you've got now potentially two, if not three, with the individual chances to run in Tokyo? Does that how does that change your mindset to, for the individual now, knowing that? Does that does that take some pressure off you as an individual runner? Um, first and foremost, my my focus for the next eight months is relay. Like, yeah. But for me to run well in the relay, I need to run well individually, and that's something that I've struggled with this year. Like, I had no interest in the individual. I was pretty plain about that. I said, look, I didn't enjoy racing. Whereas now I'm back in a training group, and I'm quite excited about it. Um, I think the the individual. A lot of people will say I was way past me. So it's quite a nice aim to go, like, well, look, I'm going to try and qualify for that. Yeah. Um, if I qualified for it, I'd probably turn it down and just stick to the relays. Really? Yeah, because that's my... That's that just the way you, that's, you want to... I don't get any joy of running, say, around 45 flat. 44, I think the standard's 44.9, and then invites would probably be 45 flat, whatever. That's not going to get me through to this final. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'll just focus all my energy on the relays and make sure I'm available to the yeah. best of my ability. Um, this year... I did two rounds of the mixed relay and then I hurt my quad in the final. And I was kind of just spent a week trying to get healthy again. And I didn't think I was going to run the four by four. And then it was like, oh, you're running the heat. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I ran to someone who, who wasn't 100%. You know, I was yeah. just like, oh, it was um, disappointing running the final. I was gutted for the lads because it's something that I, I, I pride myself on being yeah. a good last leg runner. And I just had nothing. I didn't have what it was capable of. And um maybe because of the reputation i have that's why they put me in they felt like i just pull it out and which again is like it's a lot of pressure isn't it no that's the job but it's a good yeah, <laughs> as in like a good pressure like it's what do they call it big dick energy i yeah. think uh it's something that i've always backed myself yeah. with but i knew going like i had to pull something out of somewhere and like the way the cards fell uh i got the baton at the same time as a japanese guy i was on the outside of the lane Every time I tried to push forward, he pushed forward. He, so it was just like, I don't know if anyone's been in those situations, maybe in a middle distance race, but you, you just know it's impossible yeah. to beat this guy. Like I knew I could beat him, but I knew that everybody else behind me was just going to be yeah. closing in, closing in, closing in. So it was just, uh, I, I, yeah, I, could, I knew every step of the race what was happening. I knew I could hear the guys behind me just waiting to come past. It was just a, a horrible no man's land to be stuck in. Um, I'd rather have been like, either like five meters ahead or one meter behind yeah. rather than just sitting on the outside of the lane. So that was that was a hard one. I felt really bad for Lee. Um, Lee Thompson, who works full time. Oh, yeah. He's taking a lot of time off work, unpaid leave to kind of, in in, a, in not the most secure job, yeah. to kind of uh, to commit to British athletics and the relays without the funding or the backing. So I felt really bad that like, at the time, like, obviously we, we hadn't made the final. Um, 
and then Botswana got DQ'd, so we got upgraded, which is not the way you any, anyone wants to make a final. But um, yeah, that's what, that was my overriding thought straight away. It was not about like I knew I ran shit, but yeah. I was like, well, yeah, this just, poor guy I've just messed it up for this yeah. guy. Like, potentially could have been like able to go and give up his job and train full time, mm -hmm. and that was something that um, I, I felt a lot of responsibility for. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, hopefully, next year we'll have. Full commitment, strong team, strong team together, stronger. Yeah, we've got that. We've got a lot there. We've got a lot of potential. We've got a young, one or two young athletes who should be knocking on the door, and that's exciting. Um, and it's an Olympics. If you can't get excited for an Olympics, you can't get up for Olympics. You can't find the extra ten percent you need uh, for an Olympic games. Then you're just in the wrong game. You you're know, in the wrong, wrong industry. Sport. Yeah, this is where you pull out all the stops. Like you said, you don't. Uh, leave any stone unturned and um, you f you'll see a lot of people perform well this year, hopefully. So the relay, we have a good shot of meddling again. Dan, let's talk. Obviously, unfortunately, you're in a spectator position, but what was your standout performances from uh, from Dubai? Oh, man. Um, I mean, yeah, firstly, we did well. As a country, we did awesome. We, got, we came third, 29 medals. I think like five world records and a whole bunch of European records. So the GB team smashed it. Would have been 30 medals if you were there. <sighs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Hopefully, touch wood again. I was rocking Matilda to sleep watching the results come in on my phone, which was just not, it's just not cool, is it? It just drives you on a bit more. But from a British perspective, um, you can't knock Sophie Hahn, can you? Like one and two. World world records in, it, no. in both turned up, um, took care of business. One, yeah, one and world records. It's, new coach, yeah. yeah I obviously, did great things with Joe McDonald. Then new coach um, Leon Baptiste has taken over, and I think he was a little bit worried because obviously she's such a talented athlete that could he could he then impart some wisdom to make her go even quicker and mm -hmm. to then do her first two hundred of the year and smash the world record is pretty good going obviously she broke the world record in the one as well so mm. they're doing some great things um and i see that day to day um at the high pack it's it's great i'd say internationally johannes floors in johnny's event went uh 10-5 yeah. world record in the yeah 10-52 in the in the semi um of the 100 mm. and then in the final won it with 10-6 so um spoke to Johnny the other day and you know he just thrives on something like that it's, yeah, yeah. It's another he competitor. needs someone else to put it out there that he can chase yeah. and beat so there's two two Germans that have gone sub 10-7 this year um, and now to get a medal you're going to be looking like 10-9 and below nice. which is just great for the sport um, obviously that's a pinnacle kind of event but then yeah I, I guess like yeah they're like what's that two, two sprint events and then we saw a whole bunch of bunch of good field events obviously in my event Jeremy Campbell got his fourth world championship title which is is pretty impressive um Cock. yeah <laughs> one more than me oh I cry <laughs> not really but yeah I mean like to put my finger on I think there's, there was just a lot there's 1500 athletes there a lot more um a lot of impressive obviously it's coming into Tokyo year but for time of year there was a lot of impressive performances that yeah. I think um, yeah, most of the athletes probably out outshot their expectations themselves to be in that kind of shape in November is is damn impressive mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, a little bit upset for like Libby. Obviously, it's, it's, it's massive to come back and try and compete at a championships anyway. But to do it after six months of being being pregnant, and giving birth is so so impressive for her to even make a world champs team. To be on the start line was incredible. Yeah, um, and to make it to the final, like a massive milestone. But then, unfortunately, like there's a rule that which for visually impaired athletes is obviously they're tied by a band, and the guide isn't allowed to kind of force or pull the hand, and that's I think what she got drew up on. So, yeah, but Summers is massive. Tom yeah. Summers with his big arms. His that's big that's arms. all he does. Um, but I think it was just for Libby. It was it was just great to see her back on track. Really, um, that was kind of my kind of standout moment because you just look at all the athletes that train super hard, but having obviously Jess did it in the heptathlon, um, maybe what a year and a bit after giving birth to Reggie. Um, just amazing, amazing feat because obviously we know what our wives have been through going through childbirth and and uh, their expectations of getting back in shape quite quickly. But to to actually be able to compete, um, I think Libby will go to Tokyo very in a, in a strong. She'll have really strong quads. If she, if she survives dancing on ice, exactly, yeah, then, all that dancing on ice. She's gonna have massive quads when she comes back from that. Yeah, um, hopefully touch wood goes well. But she apparently she's really good. So. We'll see, but yeah, I you know I back her for picking up a medal in Tokyo, which what a year and a bit after giving birth and whatnot, it would just be a phenomenal feat. Fingers crossed. So thanks for listening, guys. I really hope you enjoyed the pod. Um, we obviously love putting these together. Do remember to um, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, um, likers, reviewers, and followers at, at Martin Rooney and at Discus Dan. Cheers, guys. Cheers.